since we have to uh, keep the agenda and the program, uh, let me start the event. I'd like to thank everybody for being with us today. I think we have a terrific agenda. It's a great event. And uh, we are kicking off the event with uh, a great presentation on uh, the markets. It's exactly what it says, setting the stage. So, Martin, please come and take over. Dear everyone, thank you to Nicholas and Capital Link for hosting and organizing such a great event. I'm looking forward to hearing many interesting uh, opinions, thoughts around uh, a very complex global economy and shipping market. Thank you very much. I think, uh, you know, in, in these times also with all the environmental regulations, which I think is really high on the agenda today, the shipping community should also be very proud as they are leading the way. I think that's not, that was not the case a decade ago. So in the last decade, shipping has come to a very good point where actually other industries are looking towards shipping. And setting the stage and trying to you know, predict shipping market outlook in these times is, uh, is not easy. After COVID hit in 2020, there have been several major topics impacting shipping, such as the oil price crash three years ago, happening at the same time as the pandemic. Then we've had unpredictable developments from, uh, from OPEC. We haven't seen uh, or had any transparency in, in production levels. And as of the last 12 months, we've seen the devastating conflict in uh, Ukraine, monetary measures to battle the ever-increasing inflation. So we're now seeing a global economy under pressure. We've seen soft recession in, in various regions. And this is in the midst where shipping is trying to implement unproved regulations to battle emissions. Thank you very much. So just, just a few words about VMR. few words about VMR. We are a wholly owned company uh, by Vessels Value, whom I assume most of you know. Uh, VMR is a small setup. We're an analyst house, eight-man strong analyst house based out from uh, Oslo in Norway. Um, and we focus on uh, tankers, bulkers, uh, containers, and LPG and pet camp. Those are the four main um, segments that we follow. and. Together with Vessels Value, we do four-year forecasting on these uh, segments, trying to make a market outlook and see where we are in the cycle. So a very traditional shipping, shipping market uh, research company. Um, and together with Vessels Value, as I said, they have been uh, implementing CII and EEXI uh, database. Uh, so together with them, I've tried to tie that into the uh, into the presentation and uh, so it will be a market outlook and hopefully uh, with the commercial and the operational impact of the CII and EXI, 
it will tie well into the next panel coming after me that will discuss CII complexities more in uh, detail. So, the brief agenda today, uh, it's quite simple. It's uh, a shipping markets outlook of the four major segments that VMR covers. And then I will look at the energy efficiency, both in terms of the implications and the opportunities that bring to shipping in general. And then also looking at the operational and commercial impact in terms of slow speeding, energy saving devices, demolition, how that also will impact the, uh, the uh, markets. So beginning with the shipping markets outlook, we always look at the big picture first. We look at the macro um, drivers, and that is especially focused around the oil price and the GDP uh, growth. So beginning with the oil price, we clearly see it uh, bottom out in, in 2020 after the oil price crash, after the lack of demand uh, during the pandemic. And since then, it's been a pretty steep ride, peaking at $120 per barrel in 2022. And then all, although it has softened in the past couple of months, we have seen uh, pretty high oil prices. And I think the latest is $85 per barrel uh, as of today. Uh, and we forecast uh, a high oil price uh, going forward. Uh, we think we will be in the range where we are today, going up to $100 per barrel uh, until 2025. Um, and this is, you know, there are many, there are many variables uh, coming into an oil price forecast, and I think the major, uh, major variable um, is uh, the underinvestments in fossil fuel production um, in the past years uh, is not sufficiently covered by green energy investments. So that is the main, say, the main. Uh, uh, Topic, uh, but also, of course, the impacts of um, of uh, Russian uh, sanctions uh, and, and oil flows is also really difficult to forecast how that will uh, how that will unfold. Um, we're also seeing China easing the COVID restrictions. They've completed their lunar the Chinese Chinese New Year. So we're also optimistic. So from second half of, uh, of 2023, we'll also probably see a quicker. Um, turnaround uh, and a demand recovery happening also much sooner. Right, so looking at the GDP uh, for the various regions we're seeing, if you look at 2023, those should be the smallest bars uh, for, the, for you sitting in the back uh, if you can't see it, but in 2023 we're seeing uh, uh, Europe and United States with uh, basically zero growth on the GDP, so we are in a soft recession now, but if you would take you know, that percentage in 2023, we're definitely seeing the lowest growth in the first half and a gradual recovery coming um, in the second half of 2023. For instance, China is seeing 4.4% forecasted for this year, and this is far from the target of 5.5, but we're seeing it's moving in the say, right trajectory in terms of increased uh, growth. Uh, and also, if you look at you know the PMI figures and uh, looking at the latest uh, figures available, you're seeing uh, you know both China and the eurozone uh, is at a five months high, so it's definitely going in the right direction. Although most of the economies are just below 50, US pretty low at 47, but they're also at a three months high, so it's going in the right direction. So jumping into the uh, 
The market outlook, so for tankers, we're seeing, uh, if you see on this chart, from 2021 to 2022, pretty low utilization that came up. And the second half of 2022, very strong rates. Our forecast is uh, a high utilization going forward for the tankers, uh, uh, tanker segments. Uh, and this is, uh, this is much to do with uh, the low uh, order book uh, and also strong, strong demand, strong demand growth. Uh, and when we in VMR is, is talking about uh, demand, we're talking, of course, in ton miles. So we're seeing that Russian crude is sourced um, going more to China and India, and we're seeing also the European, um, European say demand for oil is also going to be sourced from the Middle East and other places. So you're seeing a much much bigger um, impact on, on the ton mile uh, for, for the tanker market. So if we then jump to the rates, uh, as you can see here, we're expecting a soft, uh, say, first quarter of, of 2023. We have seen tanker rates coming up, but the main trajectory of the trend of, uh, of tanker rates is, uh, is, is positive. So that is basically much stronger ton mile demand effect, together with a very low uh, order book uh, that we've seen. Um, containers, that's a different story as you can see from this chart. So the red line is the supply and you can see that this is basically a supply-demand story where supply is, uh, is uh, just outpacing the, uh, the demand. Um, I think also containers with uh, one and a half to two very, very good and strong years have been also helped by all these congestion factors that has uh, vanished. We can't forecast whether that will come back. But if we look at the rate development, we're clearly seeing how it's not coming down to the, say, the press times five, six years ago. Um, we're, we're seeing that it's coming down to, to a certain floor, and then gradually from 24, 25, we're seeing a slow increase in uh, rates from, uh, from the containers. This is using the 6,500 TU as, uh, as an uh, example. Looking at the dry, dry bulk, we're looking at uh, solid, solid fundamentals as well for, uh, for, uh, for that segment, also driven by, by China, uh, mostly, uh, for, uh, for coal and iron ore. And uh, if we see the Baltic, it's a very volatile segment, um, and uh, we are, on average, uh, expecting those rates to be uh, acceptable, decent, uh, far far above capex on uh, on uh, uh, on on a capex and uh, say uh, from from a point of view uh, yes. Now looking at LPG, this is this is a this is a challenging segment because the LPG has been since 2019 been I would say in a super cycle. Um, uh, strong US production and there's been so many inefficiencies with the Panama Canal loading congestion infrastructure and discharge congestion in especially India and, uh, and, and China so just taking you know 2020 as an example we saw uh, a negative volume growth for for the VLGCs and uh, still with 20 deliveries in 2020 the LPG or the VLGC vessels were making $50,000 per day, basically the double of, of their capex. Um, so there's so many inefficiencies. So although we're getting 43 plus vessels in uh, 2023, we're still seeing rates today at 60,000 
dollars per day. So we are neutral in terms of a supply demand, as we're seeing supply is uh, coming up. But the VLGC story has been much more about the inefficiency and rise of inefficiency. So looking also at the Baltic from 2019 until today, uh, it's been it's been volatile, but on average it's been 60% higher. Uh, compared to, uh, say, the traditional VLGC market that we saw pre-US, so say from 2000 until 2013, uh, then from 2014 until 2022, uh, uh, it's been uh, a very strong, a very strong market. Now, I think so. So those are, you know, the four markets: neutral on LPG, uh, a bit bearish on, on containers, and we remain optimistic on uh, tankers and uh, and dry bulk. Looking at how CII and EXI will impact these segments, because I think from from a you know fundamental supply demand balance, you can you know give your view on how you think things will unfold and how the rates will be. But what is really interesting is to see how many vessels that fall into the C to E bands uh, on the CII, um, and this is 2022 figures where we've gathered all uh, the data using VLGC for the LPGs. The six and a half thousand for the containers, we're using the VLCC and the Cape size as, as reference. Looking also from the EEXI, you can clearly see until 2013 and after 2013 that the EEDI, so the uh, efficiency on the designs, have clearly helped uh, looking at the EEXI reference line, as you can see um, there. And so it's definitely going to be you know, a multi tier. Um, segment going forward that is both on trades but also on ships. So you will see a very strong multi-tier uh, environment. So what, what, what are ship owners doing? Of course you can do energy saving devices. Uh, many are doing it already. Uh, Anti-fouling, you put on propeller caps. Uh, so there are, there are many say mitigation uh, uh, variables that you can do and Combining the ESDs, I don't have the percentages, but of course you make your ship more efficient and you can also do uh, with alternative fuels or on the main engine and on the shaft that you have a shaft generator is also uh, energy saving. Um, so you will have those ships that are newer, you will have those ships that are older and in between you will have energy saving devices to meet that uh, uh, implications of, of CII and EXI. So the voy voyage implications are, I mean, if you're a small, you know, tankers, chemical tankers, you have 18 grades, you have to do multiple discharges, or you're in a trade where you anchor uh, a lot, or you have congestion variables, just as the VLGC. So, sometimes, I mean, if you know the equation for the CII, it would make more sense to slow steam uh, inst instead of anchoring. Um, so, so those are of course that, that would emit more emissions. So I don't think the equations yet are, are, are there for shipping because it is really um, making uh, uh, or increasing the implications for, for, for ship owners. So you have both on the port side uh, and you also have on the multiple discharges, the multiple cargoes. So it's uh, becoming these multiple or multi-tier trade. And the same as I said for the ships, multi-tier ships uh, you have different age, different speeds, and uh, the different fleets can go up to a certain threshold for, for the EXI, for the reference speed, and also for the CII. You don't know it 
more until 2024 when you have collected the, uh, uh, all the data from 2023. So it will be very interesting to see how that will unfold. But looking at the operational and the commercial impact, and I think this is you know, where we get to the most interesting of this presentation where you see there's a limited operational upside. I've just taken the VLGCs uh, as an example, and here you can see the latent and ballast speed, and you see the reference speed, which is basically the average um, EXI speed that uh, is the attained. That's what you're allowed to, to go. If you go above, you don't meet the EXI. So if you go back to 2015, looking at the top, uh, the, the, the Turkish line, uh, or, or the light blue line, uh, back in 2015, you can see all the owners wanted to catch those high earnings, you know? So, so what this will mean is that you will not be able to speed up in a high freight rate environment. And it's the same, I mean, together with my colleague working in tankers, we were looking at, okay, so what's the relationship between uh, slow speeding and utilization? We found that to be a linear relationship, so basically a 0.1 knot speed reduction for the whole fleet would increase your utilization by one percentage point. So that's fine, it's, it's linear. But how about we look at the relationship with utilization towards freight rates? And we found that to be much more exponential, meaning that if you're in a low freight environment, the delta of the earning differential will not be that substantial. But if you're in a high, uh, in a high freight environment, looking at the right side, you can see the same four percentage fleet utilization increase that would come from a 0 0.3 to 0 0.4 and not slow, uh, slow uh, reduction in speed, you would get a much higher delta on your earnings. And that is, that is really interesting because indirectly you can say that slow steaming is exponentially affecting the rates. So where you want to be as a ship owner is definitely be with the ESDs, all the energy saving devices and, or, or the mitigation factors uh, in making your ship as efficient as possible because you will have the competitive advantage to meet as high speed as possible in a high freight rate environment. And then you will count up all the older ships that will do engine power limitation or demolition which will move the equilibrium for the whole fleet towards a higher utilization, towards a higher freight environment. And in order to then catch the most competitive advantage then, is by having the most efficient ship. So I think this is, you know, one of the key, key slides from, from today for me is the exponential um, relationship between utilization and, and, and the earnings. And also if you look at just a theoretical impact on the TCE. Looking from an index 100, if you're, you know, your service speed is 16 and a half knots, from the left, you can see how going down to 13 and a half knots is reducing your TCE potential by 10 to 15 percent. So it's quite, it's quite substantial. Taking a VLGC as, as uh, an example also here, looking at the age, but also looking at the fuel, you can see from a 2009 build, running on VLSFO, and then you have a newer 2023 built VLGC running on LPG, you actually have a 30% difference in, in the TC. So these are theoretical figures, but it's showing how big deltas you're getting from these uh, regulations that are gonna be implemented, and it really 
depends on what chips um, you, you are having, what kind of devices you are um, trying to mitigate these uh, factors with. So, so to conclude on the shipping, let me see. So on the shipping, uh, shipping market outlook, we are positive to tankers and dry cargo. Um, on the LPG, we're neutral, but it could be very positive with you know, these inefficiencies keeping um, continuing in the market. And on containers, for the next couple of years, we think uh, that market will struggle due to the high supply of ship, 2% uh, of, of demand growth expected, which is really, really low. But then again, the uh, congestion variables that came you know, a couple of years ago and made the boom in containers, you never know when or what, if that will come again. For the energy efficiency and the regulations, it's creating implications, but you have opportunities in terms of efficient ships, and you have, and you have implications, of course, if you're in trades that require multiple discharges, it requires more, uh, say, shorter voyages. So it is, so it is a difficult time, and it's also difficult, um, you know, deciding what kind of ship are you going to have. Is ammonia ready in 2024? Is it ready in 2027? Is ammonia the right fuel? Is it corrosive? So there's, you know, all these questions that are just so difficult to answer. And then, from the operational and commercial impact, we have seen that you have the exponential relationship between utilization and freight coming from slow steaming. That could be on parts of the fleet, right? So you could have 2013 built it before, it will probably slow steam, uh, slow steam on. But it also depends on where you are in the cycle. If you are in a high freight cycle and you see some slow steaming, because you have to do it, you will see a much higher delta uh, on the TC differential. Uh, and then it's all about having the most efficient ship. That's basically uh, my, my conclusion. And then for the next panel, I'm really looking forward to hearing the CII and the uh, complexities of that more in detail. So that's all from me. Thank you much for listening and here's for a great day. Thank you very much.